Okay, well, good morning and welcome to week uh, number, the last, week number four, the finale of Plot Twist. I know week number last is not a number, <laughs> um, but I'm glad you guys are here today. I'll be honest with you today, I don't, I don't know when I'll quit saying this, um, but every time I walk up here and I stand up here to share the good news with you guys, I'm overwhelmed um, about the amount of chairs that we're always setting up and we're always adding people. So we're glad you guys are coming. Um, this shows that you guys are bringing your friends to be a part of, of this church. We have a new billboard up on, on Plant Street, and it says this, it's a place to belong, a place to belong. And I just believe this, that God has designed every single one of you guys to fit in somewhere. God's designed you to fit in somewhere. And I know probably some of you guys are thinking, I've never fit in anywhere in my entire life. And that's the beauty of the church. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I feel like I don't fit in. And um, if you're a leader in here today, maybe you don't feel like you fit in. Maybe if you're a business owner, sometimes you don't feel like you, you fit in. If, you, if, you're, if you're employed by another company, maybe you don't feel like you fit in. But the church is one of the only places where you can go and fit in just the way that you are. And so we're glad you're here today and uh, you, have a, you, have a, you have a place here. And so we want to let you know we're glad that you are here today. Last week was, was overwhelming and incredible. We finished up our very last um, Sunday of year five. And we're so thankful that this week... Is we're starting year six. And here's what I want to challenge you with. I want to challenge you um, for this to be the, I'm going to challenge you to challenge yourself and to motivate yourself and to push yourself into this being the best year of your life in a church ever. And so would you plug in? Would you serve? I was texting a friend of mine the other day and, 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 they, were, and they were saying, Man, I really, really like the church. I'm like, you've sat in the back row for a year. Like, you, you get more out of it when you put more into it. And so that's anything. If you have a membership somewhere, where are, all my, where are all my gym membership people at but don't really use it to the fullest? Where are those people at? <laughs> I love that. Either you raise your hand or you're pointing at the person next to you. You're like, yo, that's my friend. And, uh, or that's my spouse. They're right there next to me. And so it, the, more you, the more you're here, if you hop in a group, if you're serving, if you're giving, if you're in relationship with this place, you'll just be better. You'll be better for it. And I know this. We'll be better for it. We'll be better for it. Um, I'm, I'm just glad you guys are here today. I see some new faces. We'll let you know we're glad you're here today. And um, I saw some new faces on our on, online just before I hopped up here today. And we're just glad that all of you guys are here. And um, we're going to have a good day. Hey, we've been in a series called Plot Twist. We've been in a series called Plot Twist. And we love a good, we love a good plot twist. Um, we, we, we re-engage in a movie when there's a plot twist. Or in life when things go crazy or go left or go right, then we, we re-engage. That's a, a plot twist. The plot twists are there to make us kind of kind of look back in. I'll give you probably one of the greatest Hope Church plot twists ever, Diana. We're here on a Saturday night. It's Christmas Eve, and we are practicing. We're getting ready. We're super excited. Everything is going really, 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 really good. Like all the band was on time. Like the things were looking good. The coffee was percolating. I mean, it was just like we were going to have the best Christmas Eve service that we've ever had. It was this past one. We didn't have one the first year. We had one year two, year three, and year four or whatever year we're on, it was going to be incredible. Like we were going to, the whole city was coming in our mind. Like we were going to max capacity, like we should have rented a stadium. Like it was going to go that good. And at about, I don't know, we got through the first song and about an hour and a half before the service actually started, all heck broke loose. Plot twist. We lost all kinds of power and they're like, Wes, get in here. We lost power. I'm like, I'll fix it because that's what I do. I fix things. <laughs> I don't really fix things. But I was like, I got this. So I come running back in, and they're like, hey, I can't help you. The sound guy calls me. He's like, hey, we got bad news. There's a power line down right here. Plot twist. I got in my truck. I drove to Steve and Debbie's house. I got their generator, threw it in the back of the pickup truck, got out here, and we had our Christmas Eve service out there. And someone said last week, two weeks ago, they said their favorite 
memory at Hope Church this thus far was Christmas Eve out was Christmas Eve outside. That was and they obviously came to the first service because the second service it got worse. It started raining in the second service. And so they're singing, God, you know, whatever song we were singing, light a candle, whatever. They were like, all right, we, we, it's going to rain. Like they're singing the songs. It's going to rain and we, we're, we're glad you came, but we're going to, it's okay. We'll see you next week. And then it was like, we're going to need your help right now to get these chairs and put them inside. And on Christmas Day, we had 15 volunteers, 15 Dream Teamers coming on Christmas Day. And we cleaned up because we had no power. And so we had it here. That was one of the greatest plot twists. But we've been looking at the life of Joseph. And Joseph's life was a series of of plot twist. Week one, we looked at the pit. Week one, we looked at the pit, and Joseph is thrown into this pit. And the reason why Joseph is in this pit is because things were going good in his life, and the people around him didn't like him. Joseph had haters. And we realize in week one that pit happens. It happens to all of us. At some point in our life, we're going to find ourselves in a pit. Nothing, none of our own doing. It'll be the doing of somebody else, but we, we will be there. Um, we, we get bad news on a, on a, on a, almost on a daily basis. I was telling Nicole just, a, just yesterday that, man, for every good thing, I can count one bad thing that happens when you're in leadership. If you own a business or a company, you know, like, it's like one good thing, one bad thing, one good thing, one bad thing. And if you get a good streak, you get, like, two good things and one bad thing. You have a good season, you have a bad season, pit happens. The second thing we looked at this, so Joseph is thrown into this pit, and then he's taken out of this pit by, by um by, by his brothers, and they sell him into slavery. So we see him go from the pit and into prison. Well, he gets into prison, and he's like, he's like the best inmate ever. Like, that's this kind of, like, you ever met that person? They're always high on life. They're always happy and always going, and you can't stand them. You know, some of you guys are like, that's you in my life. And, like, and that's, that's Joseph. I mean, everything he does, it turns to gold. I mean, he is, like, successful, and God blesses his life, but he still finds himself in a pit. He gets out of the pit. And he's working, he gets sold into slavery, and this guy Potiphar takes him in. And everything that Potiphar was doing was turning into gold or doing good because of not Potiphar, but because of Joseph, because Joseph had a good life. Joseph was living his life. He was, he was holy. He was set apart. He was different. He was following Jesus with his life. That was Joseph. So we see him go from the pit, and then we find him get to himself, he finds himself in prison. The reason why he's in prison is not because he stole not because he took something he shouldn't have took him or t taken. And he's in prison now because Potiphar, the guy that leads his house, his wife comes on to him and he runs out of there. He does nothing wrong. He lives surrendered. He lives faithful to God. Like he doesn't mess up. He doesn't stumble, which we find ourselves, a lot of times we stumble and we find ourselves in pits or prisons. It's because of our own doing. But a lot of times, sometimes it happens, it's not our own doing. So Joseph, once again, I know I've done things, Tripp said to me the other day, he's like, why did that happen? If God can stop everything, why did that happen? I said, you know, son, there's consequences. There's consequences in, in life. I remember the, the time my, my dad and mom let me stay the night at Todd Varnado's house. And Todd Varnado's mom let us stay the night at Jason Butler's house. And when we got to Jason Butler's house, Brooke, his parents weren't there. It was like the best spend night party ever. <laughs> like we, and we thought, we're going to go out. And we went out on toilet paper houses all night long. Moms and dads, there's hope for your kids. Come on, I'm here today to tell you about it. And we went out and told her all these houses, and, and it was really one of the, it's okay, it's not, it's not good to do that, students, you shouldn't do that. But what happened, what made it worse for us, that we didn't just toilet paper anybody's house. We toilet papered the, the worship director for the church's house. Like, who does that? To, like, who does that? I'm here today to tell you, you reap what you sow. <laughs> we had to file like a, we had, to, we had to, like, since we, we fast forward, we got into youth ministry, and we got toilet papered on the regular. And it was the best toilet paper jobs I've ever seen in my life. 
one day Diane was out of town, and I, I, I had heard noise, but I don't wake up for much, and I go look out the window, and all I see is a wall of toilet paper. And you guys, I'm not, em- I'm not emotional, I'm not a crier, but that day I'm like, God, why, do, why have you forsaken me? You know, I'm like, why does no one like me? I'm so likable, I'm always high, I'm like, I'm always like, ah, you know, I'm like, what happened? They probably didn't like me because of that. And these five kids just kept on repeatedly toilet paper in my house. We find ourselves sometimes with consequences. But Joseph's done nothing wrong. He finds himself in a pit. Joseph's done nothing wrong. We find himself in the prison. On the, on the, he, he finds himself in the prison. Everything around, everything around Joseph is going good. And so we're going to end the rest of our story today with, um, with Joseph. And so you've been, if you haven't been with us, you've now caught up on week one and week two. Today we're going to look at the palace. Because here's what I wanted you to know. We have signs all across our church. We, they've been on billboards over the years. But we truly believe your best days are ahead of you. That song, um, you're doing a new thing. For all that we've seen, Diana, I've seen, for all this church has seen, we still believe that our best days are ahead. We did not think. Last week, we hit our pre-COVID numbers. There are churches across America today, they're running at 20 to 30%, some 35%, maybe a few that are hitting 40% of their, of their attendance pre-COVID. But last week, we, we met back at our COVID numbers. That's not happening. I believe God's doing something incredible in this church. For all that we've seen, we still believe that he's doing a new thing, that our best days are ahead of us. He has buildings for us and more chairs and more chairs and more lives that are going to be changed. Yesterday, a friend of ours was saying, I mean, I saw the billboard. She goes, I watched that billboard for four years. I watched you, all the billboards you guys have put on. I thought to myself, what kind of church is that? And now she's here. And I said to her, it's going to be so cool to see who comes now because this billboard. Their lives are going to be changed. Lives are being changed at this place. I really feel like God has, God, God has anointed this place. We have a, I don't know, I don't, I don't think it's me, but there's a Joseph among us. <laughs> I'm so thankful there's Josephs among us or Josephinas, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm four women, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a Joseph. My, my grandma's name is Josephine. And so I, um, but I believe there's some Josephs and some Josephines in this house. That God's just blessing this house. Or maybe we're here today on the shoulders of people that have gone before us. And God's blessing us relationally. God's blessing this church financially. God's blessing this church healthy. I believe emotional health is on the rise. I believe that um, mental health is on the rise in our church. I believe that God's doing it in this house. And what God does in this house, he can do. He can do in your home. So, Genesis chapter uh, 41. I know some of you guys have been in church for a long time. Like, I didn't even know he knew where the the Old Testament was at. I do. (laughs) Um, Genesis chapter 41, verse 37. We're going to pick up on Joseph's life. Joseph's suggestions were received by Pharaoh and his officials. Because the three-week series, last week I didn't get to preach it. So you didn't get the part what happens. But basically what happens, there's a famine in the land. And there's no food. And Joseph's brothers are going to Egypt, and, um, as, and they're going to do that, and, 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 and um, Joseph is in prison again, and he gets elevated by, um, by, by the ruler. I mean, like, everything is going good again for Joseph's life, okay? And so, uh, you got, if you want to learn more about it, go back and read it, but I'm going to catch you up a little bit as we kind of keep on going. 37, um, verse 38, so Pharaoh asked his officials, hey guys, can we find anyone else like this man, so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? So he's been interpreting Pharaoh's dreams but Pharaoh hasn't met him yet. He, the, the guys are saying, hey, they're going to the, the dreamer, Joseph. And they're saying, hey, the, the king had this dream. And they're going on their back and they're saying, and the king's thinking, well, you're thinking, you're not going to go get a convict to come help interpret your dreams. Like that can't be helpful or healthy. Like we're not going to go get that guy out of jail to help me run my business. Some of you guys are your business owners. You're not going to, if there's a guy, there's a guy that you know that I know. And I'm doing prison ministry, and I'm at the prison. This guy says, hey, I got some really, really good stock tips. You're not going to say, 
hey, go get, let's bail him out and let's get a guy who's been in, in jail for stealing money to give me money advice. You're not going to do that. You're not, and, and neither would Pharaoh. So Pharaoh's like, is there anybody else that we could get that's like this guy? Like, can we get a copycat? There's a lot of messages in here today, but I want to let you know today, there's only one of you and there's only one of me. You've got to be who God's called you to be, and I've got to be who God's called me to be. Joseph had to be who God called him to be, and as we watched Joseph's life, he was faithful and consistent all the way through. Those are two words that we all can bank on, faithful and consistent. There's always reward after that. If you're obedient, there's always blessing. All throughout the scripture, that's where we find Joseph's life. And, and the, the, um, the, the king says, Pharaoh says, can we get anyone else who's like him? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you. I, I, I flew over it, but I love what he says in verse 38. He goes, can we find anyone filled with the spirit? And I want to encourage you to say, that's, that should be the goal of your life. Do you live a spirit-led life? Because he tells you where to go, he tells you what to do. You want to be led by the Spirit. I'm not leading this church out of, out of a manual or a handbook that I got from the church down the street. I'm living this thing, Diana are living this thing, and our leaders, we're living this thing by the Spirit of God. The Spirit is leading us. And so we're so thankful that we see Joseph in here. He's the example for us. So he says here in verse 41, I'm going to jump there, or jump to 41. He goes, hey, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole entire land of Egypt. Wow. From being in the pit to being in prison, and now he's going to be in the palace running all the affairs of the Pharaoh. I mean, I don't know if life can get much better than that for Joseph. Like, you're like, man, there's the reward. And I know a lot of you are thinking, I can't wait till I get to the palace because I feel like I'm in the pit, and I feel like I've been in the prison, or maybe you've been in Potiphar's house, but I want to let you know that the palace is coming. If you don't get it here on earth, it's okay because if you're a follower of Jesus today, we're going to get the palace when we get to heaven. And the palace in heaven is going to be so much nicer than the palaces that we see here on this earth. I love watching my friends build new homes. I'm like, yo, it's going to be nice. And I always think in my, behind, this, man, this is a preacher thing or this is a Christian thing. And I'm like, the house is going to be so crappy compared to what we're going to get in heaven. <laughs> You're like, I got a nice house. Good, I do too. But it ain't going to compare to what we're going to have when we get to heaven. I'm for nice things. But, man, when we get to heaven, it's going to be incredible, you guys. Like, get ready for it. Like, prepare yourself now. It's going to be incredible. I don't want you to get there and be like, I didn't think, Pastor, I thought Pastor Wells was lying to me. I'm not lying to you. It's going to be incredible. So he goes, I'm going, to put you in tired, I'm going to put you in charge of everything. It's going to get better for him. Verse 42. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had, then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. I mean, Joseph was on pit my ride, he was on pit my clothes, and everyone's watching him. Like this guy, he, he, this guy's a big deal. And he's not a big deal because he's flashy. He's not a big deal because he's, because he's good at smart or he's resourced. He's a big deal because he's followed God his whole entire life. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Verse 44, he says this to them. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Verse 45. Then Pharaoh gave Joseph new Egyptian name. He got a new name. He also gave him a wife. Come on, get him a wife. My kids are talking about marriage. They said, when you get, they were talking about, when you, when you get married, Hope. I'm like, Hope ain't getting married. Like, that'll be in heaven when she marries Jesus. But she ain't on this earth. It ain't happening. Matt's going to stay around so he can, he's going to say, hey, remember when you said that? <laughs> and I'll say thank you, but I didn't ask for your help. Um, 
I'm for community as long as it's helping me out. But if it's going against you, I'm like, yo, I don't need community. <laughs> Lord, please don't let her get married. Please, 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 please. Um, so he says here, he gave him a wife whose name was Asenath. And I don't know if that was a good name or not, but the Bible says this. She was the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On. So Joseph took charge of the entire land of Egypt. He was 30 years old when he began serving. Now, we started Joseph's journey when he was 17. I know you're thinking, well, that was just three weeks ago. But he was 17 in the pit. He was 18, 19, 20 in the, in the, in the, in the prison. And now we see him, the Bible says he's 30 years old when he began serving in the, in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And when, and when Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt. As predicted, for seven years, the land produced bumper crops. During those, those years, Joseph gathered all the crops grown in Egypt, and he stored the grain from the surrounding fields in those cities. He piled up a huge amounts of grain like a sand on the seashore. Finally he, finally, he stopped keeping record because there was so much to measure. I believe that we believe in abundance. One of our core values, we believe in abundance, not just enough. The Bible says in John chapter 10 that God's come to give us an abundant life. We believe in an abundant life kind of. We're the, that's the kind of church that we are. We believe in abundance. Now Joseph is, what is happening right now in this passage of scripture is what Joseph had already interpreted these dreams just a few, just a few, few moments, a little less than a, a week ago, a couple weeks ago, that he, 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 he already said this was going to happen. And now we see it, it's actually happening. Not weeks, years. It's all coming the way that he said it would happen. And there was so much. I want to encourage you today. I don't know, this is not a money message and we don't have money messages at our church. But I believe this, you ought to live within your means. I believe you ought to live within margin. If you live within margin, there's always, there's always going to be an abundance. But if you live beyond your margin, you won't have any abundance. I know so many people are like, man, you say things. I just don't know if I agree with everything that you're saying. Well, here's what I know. People that have a lot live within margin. That's what I've known. Here's the second thing I know about, about people who have a lot. They're generous. And here's what I know about that. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, that the world of the generous gets larger and larger. There's something mathematically that happens when you give away that God always returns what you give away. And so that's free. That's like you're like, I'm going to go out and invest in that. Like invest in that. Live in margin. Have a budget. Live in margin. And be generous. And, and let the chips fall. Let the chips fall where they may. The Bible says um, they stored the grain. Uh, so verse 47, as they predicted for seven years, the land produced bumper crops. Verse 48, during those years, already read all that. Verse 50. During this time, before, during this time, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, which meant God has made me forget all the troubles. He made me forget all the pits and all the prisons that I've been in. He's made me forget all about that. That's what he named his son. And God, I don't want to remember that anymore. I don't want to remember that ever again. And the Bible says he had a second son. And he named that son Ephraim. Which meant God has made me fruitful in this land, not of Egypt, but in this land of my grief. Man, this, is, this passage in the scripture is so, so rich. I want to say a couple things to you and then I want to, I actually wrote two messages. I'm going to preach the first one and I'm going to preach the second one. Here's the first one. The world's watching you. The world is watching you. Pharaoh said, this guy is, he's godly. He's spirit led. Like we need someone like him. To, to, to take care of our affairs. And what I want to encourage you today, you and I, all of us in here today, we need to live our life the right way because the world is watching us. 
And my question for you is when the world's watching you, what are they seeing? When the world's watching Wes and you and me and all of us, when the world's watching us, what do they see? Because they're seeing something. What is the world seeing? Because they are watching you. And if they're watching you and you're living your life right, they're going to say, yo, we want some of that. We want some J-E-S-U-S. Yes, we want that. We're down with G-O-D. Yeah, you know me. I mean? Like we want God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit. We want all the things that are God. We even want the Bible, Wes. When you're living your life right, people watch that and say, we want that. We want that. I wrote, this is feast. I, I wrote in my notes, feast always follows famine. Feast always follows famine. They're going to have a famine here, and they're going to save it all up and margin and save and budget, and then the, the feast is going to come. The feast is going to come. You can be fruitful. You can be fruitful in the prison. Okay, here, that's message number one. Here's message number two. Genesis chapter 45, verse 1 says this. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room. And he said to his attendants, out of all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. You, let me catch you up. There's famine all across the land. Nobody has food. Zero success is going on. And now the people need to go get food. Now I'll remind you, Joseph's brother z- threw him in a pit. Then they sold him into prison. Those people that throw him in, threw him in the pit are now going to be coming to get food from him. I mean, if I don't plot twist, I wouldn't go there. But here's what they don't know: they don't know that when they get there, the boy that was in the pit has become a man who was in the prison who's going to be the man now in charge of all of Egypt. They didn't know. They had no idea. So here's what happens. Verse, verse 2. He, he goes, they get him all in there, get him in the room. He broke down and he wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him. And, and word of it quickly carried to the Pharaoh's palace. Verse 3, he says, I'm Joseph. This freaking joker threw me in a pit. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you about it. <laughs> I always tell the story when I preach to, when I preach to students. I have a sister. She's a year and a half older than I am. Usually she's here in second service. But she stabbed me with a pencil when we were 12 or 13. And I had the lead still to prove it. And she's like, I'm so here. I'm so sick of hearing about the lead story. I'm like, yo, then pay to have it removed. But until then, I'll be like, yo, I was in a pit. <laughs> I was in a prison. But now I'm your pastor. <laughs> she's like, I'll still kick your butt. She probably can. And if she can't, her brother, her, my brother-in-law can 240, 6'5, in charge of the SWAT, second in command of the SWAT team. I mean, he could just kill me by looking at me. He's just that big and that strong. His tattoo, you ever met some guy so big the tattoos actually scare you? That's my brother in law. Okay, that's just, that's my own, that's my own accounting for today. I'm Joseph. He said to his brothers, it's, Is my father still alive? Brothers, brothers were speechless, as you would be too. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Verse 4, please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he again said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. I'm not mad at you. Man, I would be bitter, mad, and frustrated, but not Joseph. And don't be angry either, which a lot of you guys find yourselves, and when things go bad, we get bitter and we get angry. It was God who sent me here to this palace ahead of you guys to preserve your lives. You didn't put me in prison. You didn't put me in a pit. You didn't get me out of it either. God got me out of it. And here I am, here to tell you about it. It was God who sent me there. 
This famine that, is, that, has, that has ravaged the land for two years has last five more years and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me the advisor of Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace, and the governor of all of Egypt. I think a lot of you guys in here today, what an incredible story. I hope I did it justice for you. I hope you were encouraged and inspired. But I know a lot of people that have this mentality of this, when I get there. When I get there. I think a lot, I mean a lot of people, when I get there, and I'm always saddened because I'm like, you're not going to get there. Because in order for your situation to change, you have to change. When I get there, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get there. Because you don't get there by accident. You never get there by accident. I mean, some of you, when I get there, a shallow foundation can be made in the depths as, as little as three feet. Shallow foundation, three feet. But if you want to build a skyscraper, you're gonna have to dig 20 feet. You don't just build a big building, say, I'm just gonna build a big building on the same foundation that you build a skyscraper. You need a foundation. You need a foundation. You know, it takes seven hours for a mushroom to grow. You can go to bed tonight, wake up next morning, there can be a mushroom on your ground if you have too much water. I was a landscaper's kid. That's just free for you. Basically like a botanist. That was a joke. Seven hours for a mushroom. It takes 70 years to build an oak tree. Which one do you want to be? When I get there, you don't know about the oak tree? They're watered and they're fertilized and they go big and they go strong. When I get there, you going to get, are you going to, what if you don't get there? If you want to get there, it starts today. Joseph was faithful all the way. Joseph didn't wake up one day and say, I'm in the prison. And then one day wake up at the palace. He was faithful. He was faithful. God blessed him. He was faithful. God blessed him. He was faithful. God blessed him. He was faithful all throughout his whole entire life. He was just faithful. I mean, so many people walk in the church like, oh, I want to go on a mission trip. I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm like, no, be faithful. Show up every Sunday. Be faithful. Give. Be faithful in your giving. Be faithful in your serving. Be faithful in this book. You know what I'm so thankful for COVID-19? Because I've read this Bible more this year than I read it last year. Want to know why? Not because I love Jesus more this year than I did last year. I love him. I still love him. But because I was forced. When you're in quarantine, you don't have a lot to read. I'm going to break 300 days this year. I didn't break 300 days last year. Of intentional reading the Bible because I want to be a, I want to be an oak tree not a, not a mushroom I, I knew when I when I got out of there whenever I got out of this thing I already declared it over but I just knew when I got out of there I was gonna be different I was gonna be a better leader a better husband a better friend a better pastor I, I knew I was I knew I was I determined intentionally determined I was gonna be better because I knew I knew there was gonna come there oh, by the way there always comes how will you be when you get there will you be better when this thing comes out of there when I get there, you'll never get there if you don't grow here. You'll never get there if you don't grow here. I knew in this season I was going to grow during COVID-19. I had a flashback of my worst days of 2019. And I had it this morning on the way to church. And the reason why I had it is because trip reminded me of one of my best days in 2019. And one of my best days of 2019 was Christmas time. And a handful of Spanish people came to my house late at night and had a, what's called a paranda. Paranda. You're welcome. Taught you a new Spanish word today. My pastor's bilingual. <laughs> I'm a botanist. I'm bilingual. I had no idea my resume was this good, Michelle. <laughs> what is wrong with me? This happens when I don't preach one week. I'm just excited to talk to people. It's 
and they came and they sang and they laughed and that, that, that was, but that was, I was in a dark season. That was a dark season for us. It was hard, 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 hard. And I remember rolling into COVID-19 and it was hard, 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 hard. And then I had a, remem- I had a memory just, this, just a second ago, seeing the Johnsons walk in and we had 25 cars roll up at our house. Over 50 people honking their horns. Pastor, we love you. We love you. No social distance. That was before you had to wear a mask. We had no mask on. And we survived. I just knew that this was going to end eventually. This will either be a really dark season for you, or you will have learned a lot in this, in this, in this season. My friend Marty's here today. And a lot of you guys know this, but he's, he's a storyteller. But... Back in the day, I know a lot of you guys know about this because we have a really young church, but back in the day, in order to, to make the pictures that you took, in order to develop them, they had to go into what's called a dark room. And I just believe for this season, some of you guys have been in a dark room, but you're going to come out of it. The picture's going to develop. The color's going to come to fruition. It's going to look better. It's going to feel better. Only if you learn here will you be ready when we get there. I'm going to have you stand on your feet. Here's two more points. God might be trying to use you to set people free. Everyone stand their feet. God might be trying to use you to set people free through the prison that you're passing through. I don't know why bad things happen. I don't know why bad things happen either. But here's what I know. God could be using some of you guys to help set some other people free through the prison that you're passing through. The key to that is that you're actually passing through it. So don't sit down. Don't get comfortable. You're not going to stay forever. Things aren't going to be bad forever. You're just passing through. Your bank account eventually is going to fill up a little bit more. Your relationships are going to get better. And if it doesn't get better on this earth, it's going to be okay because it will get better when we get to heaven. Here's the second thing. There's a place waiting for you. And the only way to get there is through the pit and the palace. The pit and the prison. There's a palace waiting for you. And the only way to get there is through the pit and the prison. I don't know about you guys in your day, but I want to remind someone today that God's not done with you. If you're not dead, God's not done. There is, God has got something waiting for you. The palace is coming. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them, say, hey, the palace is coming. Yeah. Tell them the palace is coming. Come on. Just nudge your neighbor and say, the palace is coming. The palace is coming. Turn around and look at the person behind you and say, hey, the palace is coming. The palace is coming. Reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found. Shadow now. There's no shadow you want.